So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to read. I'm going to read from the Amplified. So Paul, an apostle, special messenger of Christ Jesus by appointment and command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. Underline that. To Timothy, my true son in the faith. Listen to the wording. This is all about relationship. When you read scripture, it's all about relationship. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, spiritual blessing and favor, mercy and heart peace be yours from God, the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I was on my way to Macedonia, stay on where you are at Ephesus in order that you may warn and admonish and charge certain individuals not to teach different doctrine. I'd like you to underline that. There's a warning and an admonishing and a charge. Nor to give importance to or occupy themselves with legends, fables, myths, and endless genealogies which foster and promote useless speculations and questionings rather than acceptance in faith of God's administration and the divine training that is in faith. In other words, stay away from stuff that is trying to rise questions. Hallelujah. In that the leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence. Whereas the object and the purpose of our instruction in charge is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good, clear conscience and sincere, unfeigned faith. Everybody say sincere. But certain individuals have missed the mark on this very matter and have wandered away into vain arguments and discussions and purposeless talk. Okay. Now, I don't know any, any, anybody that's done this. I'm just following the word and the leading of the Lord. The day that we're living in, this is hot right here, especially in the church. They are ambitious to be doctors of the law, teachers of mosaic, mosaic ritual, but they have no understanding either of the words and terms they use or of the subjects about which they make such dogmatic assertions. Now, we recognize and know that the law is good if anyone uses it lawfully for the purpose for which it was designed. Knowing and understanding this, that the law is not enacted for the righteous, the upright and just, who are in right standing with God, but for the lawless and unruly, for the ungodly and the sinful, for the irreverent and profane, for those who strike and beat and even murder fathers, and strike and beat and even murder mothers, for manslayers. For impure and immoral purpose persons, those who abuse themselves with men, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is opposed to wholesome teaching and sound doctrine. As laid down by the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted, I give thanks to him who has granted me, and I look at this, who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he has judged and counted me faithful and trustworthy 
appointing me to the stewardship of the ministry. Though I formerly blasphemed and persecuted and shamefully and outrageously and aggressively insulting to him, nevertheless, I obtained mercy because I had acted out of ignorance and unbelief. That's wild. And the grace, unmerited favor, and blessing of our Lord actually flowed out superabundantly and beyond measure for me, accompanied by faith and love that are to be realized in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and true and worthy of full and universal acceptance that Christ Jesus the Messiah came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost. But I obtain mercy for the reason that in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might show forth and display all his perfect long-suffering and patience for an example to encourage those who would thereafter believe on him for the gaining of eternal life. Look at this in verse 17. Now to the king of eternity, incorruptible and immortal, invisible the only God, the honor and the glory forever and ever to the ages. Amen. Be So be it. In verse 18, this charge, like we're going right in like a freight train after all of this opening. This charge I admonish and commit in trust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance to, with prophetic intimations, which I formerly received concerning you, so that inspired and aided by them, you may wage the good warfare. Underline that, please. Wage the good warfare. Now, if there's going to be a warfare had, we're going to make it good. I've been speaking. We need to get to the place that our praise is fierce again. You need to make your praise fierce in the face of demonic attacks. It needs to be fierce. You can't just sing away the devil. I'm telling you, there are operations in praise that literally defeats satanic attacks and turns Satan the other direction. There's a beat that comes. You ever hear that beat that comes in the drums? My God, if I was the devil, I'd be running hiding somewhere. There's a fierceness. Everybody say fierceness that wants to come. Hallelujah. So look at this. Holding fast to faith. That leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence and having a good clear conscience say that's me no say it like you mean it that's me having a good clear how many people have a good clear conscience come on everybody come on just stick your hand up anyway come on a good clear conscience i have a clear conscience i i, I come on that's why scripture says i owe no man anything except to love him have nothing against any person. Loose everybody. Whether they've hurt you or not, loose them. Loose them. Hold nothing over anybody. Come on, guys. Hold nothing over anybody. If they even poked you in the eye or tried to stab you somewhere, hold nothing against any person. Because you're keeping yourself in bondage. You can't afford to be in bondage. Amen. Somebody did you wrong and you've been 20 years holding that offense. No, you got to get free from that. You got to get loosed. Yeah. 
Even if a minister has hurt you, loose them. Loose them. Loose them and let them go. Free them. Free them from your snare of offense. I don't want to be snared by somebody's offense. That's why I take authority over stuff. I take authority. Anything that's trying to lay hold of me, I take authority over it. Any words that have been spoken against me, I call them to the grind. In the name of Jesus, let's just do that right now. I command every word that is spoken against us to come to the ground. In the name of Jesus, amen. But you've got wisdom. Don't be sitting in your home as a married couple speaking about people. And they don't understand and they don't this and they don't the other thing. God hears it. You're tying yourself up with ropes. Satan comes to your conversation. He's in the midst of it. God is not in the midst of it. You're operating with spiritual laws, opening doors for the enemy to literally incarcerate you while you berate someone else privately. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, loose me and set me free. In the name of Jesus, come on, I bind the spirit of offense. I take authority over that junk in the name of Jesus, sitting there thinking that we have a premium, you know, on what another person should do and how they can do this and why did they not do that and, and all these different things. My God, that's a misery. And it's spiritual laws. And Satan's laughing at you because he knows he can take ropes and bind you. Well... I call you loosed in the name of Jesus. Come on, shut it out. Tonight I'm getting free. Once and for all, tonight I'm getting free. Come on, touch your mouth and say, oops, there I go again. Hallelujah. Amen. One day I'm going to get the victory over my mouth. Hallelujah. Joe, there is only one ingredient that will tame your tongue. You in yourself as a human cannot do it. He says you can't bridle it. There's only one ingredient that will keep your tongue speaking good. And it is the power of the word. The word of God comes in your belly, comes in your spirit, comes in there in a proportion. And I'm telling you, the spirit of God goes into operation. And you come to live a life that when you go to speak negative against someone, the spirit of God with the word in you will rise up and remind you before you say it. Come on, any believers in here tonight? Before you say it. How many people have been reminded by the spirit not to say what you were going to say? How many people were successful in saying it anyway? <laughs> Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I guess we need to be crucified one more time. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're always having to put the flesh under. Come on, anybody alive in this room tonight, you're always having to. And then we, 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 we go like this, oh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. If you start words, if you start a conversation with maybe... I shouldn't be saying this. I can tell you right now, you should not be saying it. <laughs> I'm telling you this in confidence. Well, how are you found trustworthy in that area did you keep it <laughs> come on we're wanting spiritual laws to work in some areas for our good can somebody remove Beverly please <laughs> ooh la la ooh la la
Oh la la. Anyway, that was a welcome break and let some air back into the room. Some of you were getting pretty quiet, praise the Lord. How many people know that we have a lot that we can say? Just wave at me right there. We have a lot that we can say. What can we say? We can say what God has said. We can say what God has said. You know, we got lots of opportunities. You know, we have a word over somebody's life or something like that, and we know what God wants from people's lives, and yet a person could keep making the wrong decisions with their lives, and, and you kind of want to go, is like, I know God said this over their life, but <laughs> I wish they would agree with what God said over their life as much as I'm agreeing with what God said over their life, and stop making silly decisions. I said it. I said it. It's out. I guess I need more word to keep it all in, but it's all out. You have to agree with the word spoken over your life. No matter what circumstance or situation you are facing, it's non-negotiable. God wants to do it. And you want it to come to pass. If you believe that, shout a big amen. amen. So he said, holding fast to faith, that leaning of entire, we're going home, that entire human personality and God, at least I'm going home, you all, can, <laughs> you all can go home too. And having a good, clear conscience, look at this, by rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience, some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. Ooh, that means some actually had faith. We're going in the right direction. And then for what, whatever happened, maybe air going through the brain, whatever happened, <laughs> one of those moments when pressure was just on so hard. They let up from what God said and start asking what everybody else thinks. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? If you live in your life, always constantly having to ask people what they think, you know that you are off a few degrees of the place that God is. Because now we are looking to man to affirm Come on, listen to me. Keep listening That's to right. me. That's right. We're now looking for God to, our man to affirm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. But right. God has already put yes. Yes, in the books of eternity. Yes. Yes. You don't need a man to affirm you. Amen. You have the word of the Lord. Yes. I want you to grab your Bible and say, I'm going to make it all the way. Come on, next five years. Next five years is going to be the best five years of my life. In the name of Jesus. Come on, anybody ready for a tsunami? An avalanche. An avalanche of the goodness of God. An avalanche. I'm not going to get shipwrecked in my faith. 
I'm not going to put away all, the, all of these things and my God run around like a headless chicken. You know, won't you help me? Won't you help me? What do you think? What do you think? You know, do you think? What do you think? That's crazy world. When you were so assured when God first spoke. Come on, how many people know I'm, I'm preaching Bible at you. You were so assured when God first spoke. So what has happened to you now? So you go over to Galatians 3. Come on, come on. Okay. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. I feel like, help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. So we're like, please let this be over tonight, Pastor Paul. This is like, wow. Come on, you need to go out of here thinking tonight that you're going in the right direction. Come on, anybody believe you're going in the right direction? You're here, and you're getting a word that has taken you on the right course. This is aiding you in the direction of success. This is not helping you up. You know, making you feel like, you know what, you're just doing a wonderful job. And you still have nothing to show for your life. You cannot get to the later stages of your life and have nothing to show for it. Come on, that means for some of us, it's going to turn around very quickly. Come on, shut it out. This thing's turning around very quickly because I know that at one time God said this and he said this and he said this and I repent from getting off the word. I repent from getting off what God said. Yes, I get discouraged. Yes, I've got depressed. Yes, yes, I've got done. Yes, I got, I got disappointed. Yes, yes, but come on, baby. Get back up again. Come on, get somebody in your corner. Get somebody fight. Get somebody to grease you down and get back out there again. <laughs> Get back out there again. Come on. Get your gloves back on. It's a good fight waiting for you. I'm just tired fighting. It's just been a life of fighting. Well, maybe you need to fight with God. It's not you trying to get things accomplished. It's Christ in you that is getting things accomplished. I'm literally trying to hold fast the confession and hold fast the path that God has prepared ahead of time for me to walk in, living the good life. I'm literally, I'm literally walking this life, taking authority over all the forces. Listen to me. The forces. The forces that prevail against the believer to knock you out of the path that has already been prepared, Ephesians 2.10. And the forces are real. They come at you night and day. They visit you in your dreams. They visit you. They visit you through people. You're not going to do it. I don't know how you're ever going to do that. I, I don't know what's I mean, I'm just, they can just leave you completely upended. I'll go back over here. How many people have ever had a moment like what I'm talking about? You had a moment to doubt. Let me see your hand. You had a moment to doubt. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God I didn't do it. <sighs> I had a moment to doubt. I had a moment to get disappointed. I had a moment to go in the direction of shipwrecked faith. And you look back at the last 30 years and you say, I, I just, I mean, after 30 years, you would think that we should be able to show something for our lives now. So what, is, what are the prevailing winds? 
What are those forces that are coming against you that are so desperately trying to keep you trapped in cyclical generational patterns? To be more prosperous than the last generation, you're going to have to have more wisdom than the last generation. Not just more money. Oh, I, I, oh, I don't have the time. I, I don't have... Uh, maybe I went too far. I tell you, it's, it's tight when you find a pastor that really desires that you actually make it. I'm not setting myself up. I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I have this passion in me. I actually want, I want to see you walk in this. Well, let your hands say, I'm going to walk in it all in the name of Jesus and some in the name of Jesus. And for every year that I just walked in the wilderness, because that's what's happening. Every time we allow the enemy to pick at us and pick at this and pick at this, well, she said, he said, they said, and I don't know, where, where, where would you get somebody to help you? I remember going to the Lord with that one. Why won't they tell me the secret to their success? Well, the answer is, well, you wouldn't do what they would tell you anyway. Why? Because we want to interpret it ourselves and do it our way, which didn't work to start with. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was so tight tonight. My God, he's on up the night. It's a wild tight message tonight. No, you're going to make it. Come on, let your hands pray in the spirit right now. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. God had a pathway under a sea. Under the sea. There's a singing spirit in here. God had a pathway under the sea. And nobody needed it until Moses and the gang showed up. And there's something hidden for you. <laughs> and nobody has seen it yet because you haven't shown up yet but when you show up like Moses there's a path hidden for you to walk on all you have to be is at the right place at the right time praise the Lord and everybody's crying and whinging around you sounds like the world today everybody's crying everybody's whinging everybody's complaining we shouldn't have done it we should never have voted Trump in in the first place we should never have done this we should never look where we are look where we are we went so high under President Trump, and now look where we are. Gas was so cheap under the President Trump, and under this president, my God. I told the prayers, it doesn't matter what president is voted in, it's the same principalities and powers that's up there in Washington, D.C. And every one of them that takes the oath, the moment they take the oath, they enter into a fight against principalities and powers that have been there for eons of time. Eons. This is not anything other than a faith issue. So what's it going to be? 
We'll spend our lives talking about how bad it is. Spend our lives talking about how terrible it is. And I don't know why other people can and I don't. I don't know why other people. I don't, I just, I don't know why. The very fact that you continually say that is the tripwire that you have laid for your life that constantly keeps landing you on your face at every good opportunity God brings your way. Well, no more. Take the hand of the person beside you right now. I pray in the spirit over this. I hope you got something out of this tonight. God has a path for each and every one of us. And you must not I didn't read Galatians 3.3, but you know what it is. Who has bewitched you? Who tampered with you? Who messed with you? You were doing so well. Well, that's not going to be my story. In the name of Jesus. I said, that's not going to be my story. Thank you, Timothy. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Now look at me two minutes as we go home tonight. You may think to yourself leaving service tonight and says, man, this is nothing but, this is nothing but a lot of work. This is, this is just too much work. I want to remind you that it's work anyway. Because to worry is work. It's exhausting. So to come with a, with a statement, it's just, it's just so much work. I didn't know there was just so much work to this. It's, it's, it's really just... It's really just a person saying, I just want God to do it. But that is the issue with society. We always want somebody else to do it. Won't you do it for me? It's amazing when somebody comes along and they're sent by God to help because you just don't have no time left. That's different. I'm not talking about that. But live in your life like it's it's always somebody else's issue. I just want them to do it. I want them to do it. But God wants you to do it. Do you know, God did not, Moses did not put the children of Israel on his back and walk them all over. They all had to move their feet and legs. They all had to walk across a path that was hidden. No one knew it was there. 